There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, welcome to Talking Sense, a podcast with me, Dr. Marta. Every week, I answer one of your real-life questions, and I offer you psychological strategies and ideas to guide you. Every week, I like to start with a little check-in, just a simple moment for you to pause before we begin. And today, I just want you to have a think about one thing you're looking forward to today. It could be really small, like that cup of tea at the end of the day, or getting back into bed or something you've got planned. Just think about it because it can really help us to have a vision for our day and something to look forward to, a little hook to keep us going. And now let's begin. Today's question is on how we can teach our children assertiveness from the very beginning. Assertiveness is a lifelong skill so not something I would expect little ones to be able to master very quickly, but it is something that we can support as parents and adults around children. So let's have a listen. Dear Dr. Marta, my three and a half year old daughter is very in tune with her emotions, let's say. She does have the odd tantrums, but um, what I'm most worried about is that she takes on pain from other children. If she sees someone's in hurt themselves she rushes to their aid and tries to console them Um, I do remind her that their pain is not her pain Um, but I noticed that if she thinks that someone will get in trouble uh, she doesn't want to tell on them even if they're doing something horrible to her like biting her Um, if she's particularly if she's friendly with the the other child that's doing the biting so I'm wondering how best I can support her with how to defend herself in a safe way, but to also be able to show her boundaries. Um, I do talk to her about it's okay to say no, and stop, and push people away, or tell them she doesn't like something being done. But um, I get the impression she then locks down and doesn't tell me that things have happened. Rather than look at the aggressors, she will then just not do anything and not tell me that something's happened. Look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Bye. Wow. A three-year-old who is in tune with their emotions. That is huge. It's a complete superpower. So what I want to say, first of all, is that little ones tend to show sympathy towards others, and not every child will do this. So if your child doesn't do this, and they're about three and a half, don't worry it will come. But it is temperamental, it's to do with a child's personality, it's to do with a child's sensitivity to other people's emotions. And when they're around three and a half, 
there is an emerging empathy, but it's not quite there yet. So you need to see this as sympathy. And there's a difference, right? So sympathy is the ability to notice that somebody's upset and wanting to console them in some way. Empathy is the ability to understand what somebody might be feeling and really be in their shoes. And empathy is a building block to compassion, which takes things a little bit further, which is about acting on somebody else's emotion to relieve their suffering and take a positive action. So empathy is a bit about taking somebody else's pain and saying, I feel it too, but it isn't mine and I'm going to do something about it. That is a huge skill. It's an adult skill. It's a skill that children do develop as they grow and their brain develops alongside, but it doesn't tend to come until they're around eight or 10. So if your child is showing the kind of sympathy that comes up as they cry when another child cries, or they try and um, offer them a tissue or a toy, see this as a building block towards empathy and take it as a really positive sign. This is not something that needs to be fixed. It needs to be supported valued and shaped over time. So instead of saying to a little one, their pain is not your pain, actually name what you can see your child doing. (gasps) You've noticed that that child is crying and that must mean that they're hurting in some way. Oh, that's so amazing that you can start to recognize that other people have feelings different from you. And how kind of you to want to console them or make it better for them or give them a tissue. Offer your child some actions they can take, something that they can do to support another's pain. You can do that by shaping it as I just have with your words. Even better, model it with your actions. So if this happens in your presence where your child witnesses another's pain, Feel free to do the same as I've just said. Name what you witness your child doing. You've noticed that little one is crying and then you take a positive action. That might sound like, I'm gonna go and give that mummy a tissue for their little one, okay? Do you wanna come with me? Model it. Show your child what empathy can allow us to do, which is meet another with compassion. For me, both personally and professionally, I really feel that we valued empathy a lot more. It is a superpower. It is the thing that makes our world a better place. It is what connects us in our humanity. When we are able to see another's pain as something that could happen to us, which is exactly what empathy is about, I get why that hurts you because I felt that pain too. It allows us to connect and it allows us to bring yeah, our common humanity into action, which makes the world a better place. It makes our relationships more meaningful. So when we witness this in our little ones, let's value it. Let's thank them for noticing that somebody else is in pain. And let's be the adult that models to a little one. This is what we can do in these moments. Here are some actions that you can take in the future. And when you show them that you do it, they're gonna be more likely to feel confident and able to do it. And now to get into the nitty gritty of this question, which for me I think is about when children are sensitive 
and they are starting to show empathy or sympathy for another, how do we stop them from becoming pushovers? How do we stop their sensitivity, their kindness, to get in the way of them standing up for what's right for them? And this is a really big question. And for me, children who are kind and sensitive don't need to become aggressive, okay? It is not about changing a child's personality or temperament or qualities, really rich, important qualities to turn them into something or someone else that they are not. It's about teaching them that they can be both and. They can be kind and sensitive and they can stand up for themselves when it matters. How do we do that? So first of all, assertiveness starts with you. And this is a hard one because I know that there are so many adults out there who find being assertive and standing up for themselves really difficult. But if you can't do it, please don't expect your child to be able to do it because they're not witnessing it in you. They will not know what that looks like. So similar to my examples around showing empathy, you need to show your child what it looks like to say no. What it looks like to say to someone, hey, that hurt me. Or that's not okay, I don't like it when you do that. These are things that you can do at home, whether it be with your partner, with your child, yes, and I'll give you some examples of that, or with others in, you know, out and about in a shop or with your friendships, but let it be something that your children witness in you. There is something in our society about being really compliant and amenable and kind and kind of charming and sweet to everybody. But if that's who you are, then you're not teaching assertiveness. Our children need to see the things we want them to do. And they need to experience it as well, through us and with us. So what that means is, perhaps at home, when your partner, if you have one, or somebody else in your household does something you don't like, and it can include your child, speak up. Say, no, that's not okay. So for example, in our house, that sometimes looks like my child wanting to use me like a couch at all times of day. And I absolutely adore it when my little one is on me. But sometimes it's too much and I get touched out and it's normal that I do. So I will say to her, no, it's not okay. I've had enough of you being all over me, but you can sit next to me and we can hold hands. And yes, sometimes, That means that she gets upset and that's okay. I can cope with that. I can be there for her in that upset of not really getting what she wants from my body or from me, but I'm giving her what I can tolerate. And this is important. We need to learn as parents that it's okay to say no to our children sometimes, not just about their wants and their needs, but no for us, for something that matters to us. So it might also be, no, I'm not giving you a slack right now because I need to take a break. It could be that. Yep, your need may trump your child's. It might be, no, we're not going to the park today because I'm really tired, but I'm happy to play in the garden with you. Yep, it may be that your child misses out on something they really want to meet your need of rest. This is okay. These are also boundaries that you are allowed to make and it's important for your child to witness them and experience them. Alongside this, the best place for your child to practice assertiveness 
is in your home. What do I mean by that? I mean, it's okay to say no starts at home with you. It's okay for your child to say no to you. Yes, it is. We need to allow and tolerate our children to say, no, I don't want a bath, for example. It doesn't mean they're not going to have a bath. Their no's don't always have to stick because there are going to be times as a parent that you have to say, I hear your no. I understand and empathize with your no. And I'm going to have to give you a bath. But let's, let's find a way where I can encourage your willingness to do this rather than force you to do this. And this is the really subtle bit, right? That we are allowed to hear our child's no and show them empathy for it whilst doing something that they don't want to be done. And to me, this is something that I do every single day with my child. So this happened today where she wanted to keep her shoes on at home because they're new and they're sparkly and they're pretty. And I said no, because we always take our shoes off at the front door. So cue in a big tantrum, but I heard her no. So I didn't just say, no, you will take your shoes off. I said, I get it. These shoes are so pretty. Why would you ever want to take them off? I get that you want to wear them all day. And her answer was, yes, all day, mummy. And I said, I know. And you can't wear them in the house. But every single time we open that door and we go outside, I promise you're allowed to wear those shoes. But while we're inside, we don't wear shoes because it's wet outside. And I don't want the floors to get wet. And I don't want your nice toys to get wet or your carpet or whatever. And she got me. She still cried when she took off her shoes, but it's okay. I can then give her cuddles and I can say to her, I get that you don't want to do this, but this is the key bit. She's allowed to say no to me. We cannot expect our children to follow blindly all of our adult boundaries. And I would go further in saying, we don't want children who blindly follow whatever an adult says to them. We want children who are able to say no, who are able to say why, who question us, who challenge us, because these are the skills that when our children get older, we want them to do with their peers, whether it's in adolescence or in adulthood. We don't want them to just agree to authority, to anyone, and say, yes, do whatever you want with me because you're older, more powerful, stronger. I will have to say yes to you no matter what you ask. We want them to say no. But guess what doesn't happen? A child who always has to say yes does not become an adolescent or an adult who is able to assertively say no. It doesn't translate into that. The things that we do in our children's childhoods are building blocks into their adulthoods. So this is really important, this idea of teaching assertiveness, of allowing our child to say no, teaching a child that they can say to another, no, don't do that to me, or that's not okay. It begins at home with us. So think about these two questions. How and when do you show your child that their no matters? And when do they see you being assertive with others? Those two things are really important if we're having a conversation of how to build assertiveness in our children. We need to show our children that when they say no or stop, we listen and we make it matter. And we also need to show our children 
that we can stand up for ourselves, speak up, say no, not just show kindness and niceness to others, but actually show ourselves. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. That kindness that we need to be able to function in our everyday. For me, there's something else that's really important that's been talked about in this question that I really want to speak to, which is about what you do when a child communicates something to you, their loving, safe, caring adult. What is your child doing when they tell you something? So this is in particular for little ones, but it's for all ages, okay? The first thing I really want to talk about is this idea of leaning in with curiosity. When your child communicates to you, they're already doing the thing that you want them to do, which is find a safe adult to talk to. When something goes wrong at school, at nursery, in their friendships, If they're coming to you and saying, something happened to me, they're already being assertive, speaking up for themselves, talking about their needs. They're doing it. They're doing it with you. So this is huge because at three and a half, just being able to say, somebody bit me can feel really hard. Children only begin to develop social skills with others in terms of their peer relationships, around three and a half. So this is the beginning of a real foundational social skill. This is a beginning. It is not fully formed. Nowhere close. And the fact that they are able to come to you and articulate that something difficult has happened to them during the day is massive. Because what they've learned is, you're a safe person that I can talk to about what's difficult and you are my safe place. You will help me. This is huge and this kind of information from a little one needs to be held with both gentleness and privilege. It is a privilege for your child to talk to you. You are your child's best defence and what you want to do is make sure that you nurture this. You want to nurture this space where a child is openly talking to you. I say this to you as a parent, but also if you're a teacher or a professional surrounded by children, really consider that that is one of the biggest powers that you have, the power of being a safe adult to these children. So when they come and talk to you, that you own the fact that this is now a responsibility that you hold for them. 
And this is important because I think as parents, we sometimes forget that one of our roles is to also advocate for our children. It's great to teach them stuff and give them skills and, you know, practice assertiveness. It is really important that we demonstrate that by advocating and being our child's voice. We can't expect a three and a half year old to have the skills to speak up in these moments of both possibly physical pain if they've been bitten, but also emotional dysregulation because their bodies are going to be flooded with the emotion of being physically hurt and they're not going to be able to think, wait a minute, what do I have to do in this moment? Oh yes, speak up for myself, go and find a teacher, tell on this child, that's too hard. It's really hard. As I was saying right at the beginning, I know adults who struggle to be assertive for themselves when things go wrong in situations like work. They find it really difficult to stand up and speak up. So let's not expect a three and a half year old who has only barely got to a stage of some verbal fluency. They're not yet fluent. No matter how fluent you think your child is, three and a half is not the age of like complete verbal fluency. They've got a long way to go. And social skills and their ability to kind of communicate their needs, but also be able to say something in ways that will get them the help that they need in the moment. And if your child is doing that by coming to you, own it. This is yours now. This is huge. You've already helped your child do massive milestones to get here. So this is about us as parents being able to give ourselves permission to speak up because you can do this. So what you can do to support your child in building the skills that you want them to do, which are about assertiveness, speaking up for themselves, saying no, stop, walking away, is to do the adult thing of going to talk to the teacher or the nursery staff or whoever it is and saying something's happening to my child that is making them feel unsafe. And I know this because they spoke to me. And as their parent, it is my duty to speak up on their behalf and find out how you, as adults, who are also responsible for a child's safety, are going to ensure that they are okay. This is really important. I know there are so many parents, because it's also about assertiveness, who find these conversations difficult. But it's important. If you want to build assertiveness in your child, I'll say it again, it starts with you. So do this. Go to the nursery and say, someone is biting my child. If you know who it is, name them. You can say, I'm not trying to get this kid into trouble. Of course you're not, because there are no such thing as an aggressor when it comes to small children. They're not aggressors and victims. They're just children with impulses, who are trying to communicate something the best way they know how. This child who is biting is also trying to communicate something to the adults around them. And if that's not being witnessed, that is also an important communication to share with a member of staff. How are they going to support this child? Because they've got needs that are being unmet right now. I know that for you as a parent, if it's your child that's getting hurt, that might not be a great consolation. But I just want to kind of open up perspective that it's not about aggressors and victims. It's about children communicating the best way they can. And for us as adults to be their advocates, to be their role models, to be the ones that say we are the ones who can communicate and set things up 
properly to protect children. So let's do that first so that in parallel, you can begin to teach them these skills of assertiveness. Children don't learn under stress. So if a child is feeling unsafe in a particular space, like a nursery or a school or a friendship group, they're not gonna be able to practice some of these skills. Why? Because they're under stress. It is only when children feel safe that they can practice skills such as assertiveness. And over time, and lots and lots and lots of repetition, they will then feel more confident in saying, no, stop, I don't like that. So let's make sure that what we do is create environments of safety where our children can practice these skills so when they need it and they're a little bit more skilled at it, they can use it. And finally, I really wanted to speak about this idea of why a small child may not want to tell on another. And this is not just for little ones in the early years, you know, under fives, it's for children who are a bit older too, because I think this is really important. We hold assumptions as adults and parents, and there is nothing wrong with holding an assumption. It is just part of being a human, okay? And we hold assumptions based on our experiences, based on our childhoods, based on what we've learned. But these are our assumptions, and it's really important that as adults, we learn to question the things we think we know. I know this might sound a little bit difficult, but it's so important to actually be curious about ourselves. And often, when a child doesn't want to tell on another, we think that the reason for that is that they want to protect their friend. Now, this is an assumption, and it may be true, but we don't know until we become curious with our child about what is going on for them. But one of the things that may happen is, if all you think is, my child is protecting another, that can lead you to feeling certain things about what the barriers are for your child standing up for themselves or communicating with assertiveness. And those barriers may not be the ones that are actually in the way. And the problem with that is that you're missing something. You're missing the actual core of what might be getting in the way for your child, which might not be, I don't want my friend to get into trouble. It might be, I'm a bit scared of the adults in this room. As an adult, we want to ask the question, when children get told off, what does it look like? What are the adults saying? What are the adults doing? What would it be like if you got told off by the adults in this room or this space or this school or whatever it is? When a child is protecting another, we wanna question why, because this is a really important communication. If there is something that your child is afraid will happen to this other child, that's important for you to understand because it is likely that your child is also scared that that thing could happen to them one day. And as an adult, your biggest kind of source of power is to understand your child's experience, understand what is happening to them or what they fear might happen to them or another so that you can support them in the right way. If you lean in with curiosity about why a child doesn't wanna tell on another, you might also find out new things. Things like 
Maybe your child doesn't know how to stand up for themselves. It might be that you've tried to give them the language, but that's not the skill that's missing for them. They might have the words, but they might not have the emotional capacity to because they're overwhelmed in that moment. And saying to your child, when that happens, you say no, is not the same as being in that moment and saying no. The no in that moment might be impossible for them to say, but there might be something else that they can do before that moment or after that moment that protects them and helps them. That might look like going to a teacher. That might look like knowing that the teacher is not going to get them into trouble or the other child into trouble. You know, there's fear here. There's always a fear attached. When a child says, I can't do something, we as adults need to say, I need to understand this further. I'm missing something rather than, oh, come on, you can do this. And at three and a half, my expectation would never be that a child can stand up for themselves or that they can say no very assertively. My expectation would be that they would be very scared and that they would need some safety. They need to go to somebody who can look after them. And what they really need in that space, which I assume is either a nursery or a school, that what they really need is an adult to look out for them, to not shout, to not tell off, to simply protect and support both them and their friend. So remember, keeping the conversation open with your child is one of your best and most powerful strategies. You want to be able to hear what is happening in your child's world. And to do that, you need to join what information they give you with curiosity. Ask them to tell you more. This child bites you or hurts you or attacks you in some way. And then what happens? Do you then play with them later? And what is that like for you? Are they your friend? So what do you like about this child? Tell me more. I want to understand why this friendship is so important to you. Remember children, particularly at three and a half, their friendships are temporary and they're very superficial because they are so young and they're not quite at the stage where they're able to do proper full-on friendships with you know, equal support and interaction. So you need to see this as a curious conversation about what is going on with your child. And really, beneath all of this, what is your child's fear about speaking up or telling an adult in that space? And remember, they've already told an adult, they've told you. So make sure that you use your power in ways that help to protect and support your child through you being an advocate for their needs. This is not going to stop your child developing skills. It's going to enable them to develop those other skills that you want, the assertiveness skills, the speaking up for themselves in a way that allows them to do it safely rather than when they're under stress. And finally, try not to put too much pressure on your child in terms of what they should or should not do when they bring you information. You need to see information as a gift, something that you're opening up, exploring with curiosity, really widening this gift they've given you so you can see the full picture. If you go straight into adult assumption where you see right from wrong, too quickly, your child may choose not to share things with you anymore because what they see is that what they're sharing with you has got dismissed over you telling them what they need to do and what they need to do 
might simply not be something that they're ready to do yet. And we're coming to an end for today. Thank you so much for joining me again for another Talking Sense. I hope you'll join me again next week. If you'd like to join my community, it's Dr. Marta Psychologist on Instagram. And you can also see more resources, book lists, and other information on my website at drmartapsychologist.com. Please take a moment to rate and review this show if it's been useful to you. And before I go, I always like to end on a little mantra just to hold you for the rest of the day. And today, given the question, my mantra to you is, be patient, be present. Wishing you a peaceful rest of your week. Until next Monday, see you soon. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.